Uh, good morning, Friends Church. So glad to see everybody out today. My name is Alita. I'm part of the uh, charitable giving team and just want to say thank you so much for all of you who come out regularly and are part of this and give online or on the app at uh, Spiritual Gym and um, or in the black box at the back. Some, some of us are not yet um, quite as technical. I know I'm a big paper and check person. People are like, who still writes checks? I do. Um, so thank you. We appreciate um, your charitable giving. It's what keeps us running and able to do all the amazing things that we're able to do here at Friends Church. Coming up, we have um, a community luncheon. Save the date on your calendar. It's on the 18th. It's going to be fantastic. Right after the service, just outside, we're going to have the kids join us. We're going to have kids' activities across in the park. It's going to be a fantastic time to just come together and build community, get to know one another, maybe make some more connections. We've also got some community groups um, starting up, all sorts of different um, community groups. So have a look online, find one that suits your passion, and we hope to see you there. have never really felt like I fit in. Um, I started experiencing this quite, as quite a young child um, in school when most of my peers uh, seemed that they all clicked together and there was something just kind of different about me that didn't quite work. Um, I was experiencing some pretty severe bullying in school when I was young um, and I just never felt like I was acceptable in my peer group. Um, as if there was only one right way of being, and I wasn't it. Um, I read a lot. I buried myself in books. I still do read a lot. Um, and I did well in school, and those things meant that I was, you know, too much of a nerd or a geek, but long before being a nerd was cool. Um, I started going through puberty, actually, earlier than a lot of my peers, and that meant my body was changing in ways that theirs weren't yet, and that was an endless source of teasing um, and insults about the ways that I looked different groups in my life were telling me that this is what it takes to fit in. And I never really lined up completely with any of them. Um, when I was young, I wanted to fit in. I wanted to conform. I wanted to be just like my peers. Um, and I just couldn't find my place. I was left feeling excluded and like I didn't really belong anywhere. Folks, this is Emily White. I don't know if you've met her. She's also been a part of our charitable giving team for a little while. Jeremy and Emily and their family joined our community just at the turn, just started. Yeah, like six weeks before the pandemic lockdown. <laughs> so that was really great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've all been in the twilight zone since then. But Emily has um, become a fixture within our community. And remember when we first started chatting and you started telling me a bit of your story, I couldn't help but hear underneath it all, a, you know, imagine a little girl just wanting so badly to fit in, to be able to belong, to call a group of friends home, you know, feel accepted and understood and seen by the people she respected and loved. But I think probably in different ways, we've all kind of felt that. I know many that find their way into Friends Church have. 
you know, even as an adult in church communities. Um, I've heard many people say, I just, I've tried. I, I, I tried to do the right things. I tried to say the right things. I tried to believe the right things. But it was tricky. I don't know if you've ever been there. But I think uh, it can become a problem when we get to that place where we're like, what do I have to do to be seen and heard for who I am? You ever felt that way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever uh, read the book, Anthropological Reflections on Missiological Issues. I'm sure everyone has that on their bookshelf. We've all read that, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, a guy named Paul Hebert. He, uh, he wrote this book and he had some interesting thoughts about the way that social groups form. And he talked about this particular kind of experience that Emily was experiencing in her friend group, and it's a very common experience in many different social groups. He defined it, he coined it as a bounded set community. These bounded set communities are interesting. They're, they have a very particular set of expectations and rules, a code that needs to be followed in order to belong in them. And they're not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, if you think about nurses and doctors and engineers and teachers, in order to become one of those things, you need to be able to follow distinctly a set of procedures. You have to learn a certain amount of material and comprehend and then be able to execute at a certain level. And once you do, they stamp you. They give you your certification. They say, yeah, welcome in, man. We're going to call you a doctor now. We're going to call you an engineer because you can operate at that level that's expected. That's awesome. I know when I go in for surgery, I want a doctor who didn't just get let in as kind of one of the nice guys, right? I want someone who knows what they're doing. But it's a little different when you're looking to be a part of a community that isn't necessarily like that. It's, it's a neighbor circle. Maybe you want to just find some other mums that you can hang out with and relate to. And so you see a group talking after they drop off their kids at school and you, you start hanging out with them. But pretty soon you realize, wow, these ladies are into different things than I am. You know, they, they're really all about the fashion. Ah, that's not me. Or, man, they're like all on these vegan diets and that, I, I've never done that before. They just seem to be into things that I'm not. And pretty soon, you, you begin to realize you don't belong. There's a certain set of expectations you can't seem to fit in with. You go to a neighborhood party and everyone's just drinking like fish, but you've never really drank. And so then it's just like, ah, uh, uh, I don't know if this is my circle. My tr- there's there's just, just a certain thing that they're about, that they're doing, that they're all saying, yeah, this is what we are about. You get into a career circle and man, everyone, you, you love what the, what the work culture, it seems like you get in there and then realize, man, these guys are living for this career. 
Like they are sacrificing everything. I try to talk to them about their families and no one seems to even spend much any time with their families. They talk about hobbies that I am thinking of. No. It's like, I don't feel like I'm checking off all the boxes to fit in here. Pretty soon you just realize, man, I don't belong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely had relationships in my life. I've had friendships. I've had, you know, small groups that I belonged to, but I still was searching for this larger sense of belonging, like a community that I really felt like I fit with. And I, a place that like felt like home, right? Um, I'm not into doing crafts, so that excludes me from a lot of women's groups and especially church women's groups often, right? Is that right? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. Yes, that's a thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I still, I thought church was still a place that I would be able to find this sense of belonging. I thought these should be my people, right? Like I've grown up in church. I um, started attending church. I mean, long before it was my own choice, my, uh, right from infancy, um, my parents were, were bringing me in church. And I, I've been part of these communities that would describe themselves as welcoming and would talk about the people there being like family. Um, but it wasn't, it, it never really clicked. And it, it still felt like a lot of what I experienced at school when I was young. Even as an adult, um, the church communities uh, felt like a place where I was only accepted when I was actually contributing a lot, when I was doing the thing to make it happen. Um, I always felt like my belonging was a bit tenuous. And I still felt judgment um, for you know, not dressing like the cool kids. Like, why are there still cool kids when we are this old? But there are, right? There are. Um, I don't have a family who's like shows up at church on Sunday morning, Instagram picture perfect in matching outfits with my children ordered in height level. Like, they're way more interesting than that. And they just wanted to be themselves. Um, my questions were not welcome in those spaces. I was starting to really um, have issues and not resonate with a lot of the important um, truths. Uh, I hate using air quotes, but I, it really is appropriate truths there that I was being taught. Um, and shockingly, no one wanted to have deep theological discussions with me about the things that I was disagreeing with surprising, right? Um, Despite all of these things, I still checked enough boxes that church was a relatively safe place for me. Um, I am cis, straight, white, married, with children. Like, I have a lot of ways that I can pass in a lot of places in that community. And because of this, I can kind of hide my feelings of exclusion. You might never have known that I was even feeling that way. Um, You might not have guessed that I didn't fit in. Um, As long as I, you know, kind of kept my mouth shut, which... Granted, it's hard for me. Um, I could sort of slide under the radar, right? And it looked from the outside like I was part of the family. Um, But I just became more and more unsettled with the fact that the people I cared deeply about, some of them wouldn't be welcome in that space and that it wouldn't be a safe place for them. Um, It was almost like me, you know, in the ocean saying, like, come on in, the water's great, the sharks aren't bothering me, right? (laughs) And that combined with just no longer connecting with some real 
um, foundational teachings just sort of led me to a breaking point that I just hit and I, I just couldn't do it anymore. I think um, you raised some sobering points there. I, I, I circle back to that illustration of you're inviting others to come into the water the sharks aren't bothering you. You know, it's, it's a weird thing when you come into a community that's a, kind of a disbounded set community. There's these expectations and rules. And let's face it, like, it, it's, it exists in every kind of association and team, every work culture. It exists in church world, too. And you come into it, this church environment, and, you know, I can relate to that. I've grown up in church. And for the most part, I followed all the rules. I could check the boxes. I never, for the most part, until I started questioning some beliefs, I never ever felt excluded or marginalized, but I tell you, I had friends of mine who did. Mm -hmm. I had family. And I'd watch them going, I can't come with you, Jeff. And I'd be looking at them going, what do, what do you mean you can't come? And they'd say, I don't fit there. I can't. Mm-hmm. You, you know, so it can happen to you directly. It can happen to family. We, we know there's people that have ended up here because either they or one of their family came out of the closet. It's gay. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're saying, I have no problem. Oh, they're, they're willing to welcome me with loving arms, but my kid now is fighting off the sharks. People talk about a divorce that changed everything. Or they came out and they just said, wait a second, you're telling me that I have to believe this thing? But I, I'm really struggling with that. And instantly there's something that happens. It's a tricky thing. Now, here's the thing. If you study the life of Jesus and how he imagined those that belonged in this spiritual community, he was continually calling bullshit to these jet boxes. All you have to do is just watch his pattern. He was, he would, he would, open his arms up to a prostitute. And everyone else is going, wait, 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 wait. You don't know who this woman is. He said, come here. One time he gets invited to this party. A guy named Levi. Levi says, would you come? Would you and your disciples come? I'm throwing this big bash at my place. Lots of food. It's going to be a blast. Jesus says, I'm in. The thing about Levi was that he was a tax collector. He was considered one of those shady characters. You know, a John Gotti type. Or, you know, you think about those characters in our society where people are going, that guy, no. But Jesus knew that. And all his buddies were like that. Disreputable characters. Jesus says, we're coming. 
So there is Jesus at this party, having a great time, hanging out. The religious leaders get a whiff of this. Now they're camped outside the house. And they're looking in, because they heard a rumor, Jesus was with this cat and his buddies. And they're going, is that him? And they're going, yeah, that's him. He's in there. One translation says, how can he hang out with such scum? Oh, is that a judgmental question? But this is how it worked in this, in this world that Jesus is a part of. Bounded sets. It said, look, it, if you want to be spiritual, here's the boxes you have to check off. Here are the people that you're allowed to hang out with. Here are the standards we have. And Jesus was continually saying, Mm-mm. you're missing it. The people that always thought that they had it figured it all out. And Jesus would tell these stories and go, nope. He would tell the story and there'd be, there'd be a guy that's traveling on the side of the, remember that one, traveling on the road and he gets mugged and left for dead in the side, on the side of the road. He's left for dead and all these people coming by looking the other way, all of them religious people. And in the story he tells, you know, who's, you know who's the hero? The Samaritan, the one that no one could stand. It was like the Edmonton Oiler fan, right? <laughs> what a story. It, it, it was, he, was, he was the person that was cheering for the wrong team. He was the one that everyone wanted to hate. And Jesus made him the hero in the story. He was the one that stopped and helped this guy. He was always blurring the categories. Always saying, you think you know what it takes to be spirit. You think you know who belongs? It's like at one point he's just going, you're checking the boxes and you're missing the point. Yeah, Jesus seemed to have a different way of defining um, who belonged and who didn't and that wasn't based on these check boxes or boundaries. And now, while Jesus didn't come up with this particular term, Paul Hebert, whose um, book Jeff mentioned earlier, who we've all read, mm-hmm, um, who talks about bounded sets, he actually did coin a term for defining the types of communities where people can belong in different ways. Um, and he calls it a centered set. Um, an analogy to it is um, a farmer who has livestock or a rancher um, who maybe in the bounded set, the rancher would build fences around the outsides of his property to keep all of his animals in and everything else out. And that's how you would define who, you know, who belongs to this farm, this ranch. It would be anyone inside the fence. Um, But a centered set, the analogy is more like um, farmers in Australia who have massive, massive, massive plots of land. And it would be almost impractical to build fences around the edges. So they build wells instead. And their animals never stray very far from the well because it's their source of life. Um, The animals that belong to that rancher gather around that well and they're facing towards that well. And in communities, the way that we can describe that is rather than drawing a border around the edge to define who's in and who's out of our group, we actually define our center as our core set of values. And we say anyone can belong here as long as you are are oriented toward facing that center. 
does what we do matter to you? Is this something that you want to turn toward? Then we're your people. It's about direction. Um, And because it's about direction, it's not actually about how close or how far away you are to that center. It's about whether or not you are facing it or oriented towards it. So at Friends Church, one of our centers is, uh, can be defined as our core value of making our world a better place. We are oriented around this thing that gives us meaning and that gives us life. Now, we don't narrow this down into a singular act or define for you exactly what it looks like to make your world better. Um, For you, it could be helping orphans in developing countries. Um, It could be yelling at your kids less. It could be caring for people experiencing homelessness. Um, Maybe you do the dishes when it's your turn. Uh, You are kind to your neighbor. Maybe you're working on recovering from addiction. You're supporting social justice initiatives. Maybe you're just trying to be less of an asshole than you were last week. (laughs) Whatever it is that is making your world better is our core, is our center, the thing that we face toward and that we define our community around. Um, You could have been at this for 25 years or you could have been at it for 25 minutes and it doesn't matter. The only important thing is that you are facing in the direction of this value. We're a group of humans, right? We do things differently. We all have different ideas of what that means, so it can get messy. There is no one right way of getting this done. Everyone's going to go about it in different ways, and that's okay with us. Mm-hmm. It does get messy. Mm-hmm. I remember when we were questioning a lot, just kind of trying to make sense of our journeys years ago. And it was just getting so complicated, you know, trying to figure out there's so many different spiritual communities that were saying that they had the right set of beliefs, that you had to believe these things in order to be in. And, you know, we kept on going back to Jesus, who just said, look at, love God and love your neighbor. <laughs> that, just, that just took a load off. We went, yeah. Love God and love your neighbor. Now, the loving God piece, that's complicated. Because a lot of us are still unpacking what God, what, what exists out there, whatever. But loving our neighbor? Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. That's when we just said, you know, let's just make our world a little bit better. That's our center. Can you get behind that? Let's go. You're in. So we just started talking about this. And I remember at one point we, we said... No more statement of beliefs. We had this, all these different theological points that said, here, here's what we universally believe here at Friends Church. We said, let's get rid of that. It's an in-out statement. What if you struggle with believing one of these things? And you have to lie, you have to pretend, or you have to leave. We don't think any one of these things we can prove. Absolutely. So let's go. Let's get rid of it. I remember people coming up. You want to talk about messy? Whole people. I remember one guy coming up to me, and he was freaked. He said, uh, "You take away that statement of faith, you're basically saying that anyone coming in here can believe whatever they want." I said, "Yeah." <laughs> He's like. Uh, so you're, you're basically saying if someone believes, you know, 
is a believing Muslim or Hindu. You know, I remember him using some of those things. You're saying that they could actually come in here and belong at Friends Church. I said, if they believe in making the world better, yeah. Yeah, they can. They like what we're about. They're resonating with the kind of messages we're doing. They can get along with other people. Yep. Huh. That is crazy. I said, so, I mean, there are some people that are saying, this will never work. I said, oh. The truth is, I think we all believe different things. We just hide what we believe. We just fake the parts that we don't really buy into. It makes us liars. You've heard Vince and I up on stage here. We can't even agree on different things. <laughs> That's all right. Because we both believe in making our world a better place. Remember another woman really upset saying, you know, when you just say that this is what we're about, we're just, we're about making the world better. And, uh, you know, she says, uh, it just feels like now, rather than just telling us what we need to believe and what we need to do, you're just asking lots of questions of us. You're, you're not telling me what I'm supposed to be doing. I said, that is incredibly observant <laughs> because I don't know what you should be doing. I barely know what I'm supposed to be doing. There are things that I'm trying to figure out about my life. There are certain things that are causing me to trip up and be less of a loving person than I was yesterday. And I gotta identify those things that I gotta deal with them. But they're different than what you're dealing with. And so I've got enough to just try to figure out what my kryptonite is. I don't know what yours is. I remember in this moment, in this season, we start calling this church for adults. It's like, don't check your brain at the door. You got some homework to do here. We're gonna leave you with some questions, but you gotta go out and figure out what is right or wrong for you. I remember one guy says, you're just inviting full-blown anarchy. People are gonna go out and do whatever they want. <laughs> I said, well, what do people wanna do? Like, I find people coming in here they're, they're showing up Sunday mornings because they actually believe in wanting to make their world better. Oh, you're saying that they can get away with anything. I said, okay. Like, so what, what would you like us to say? What rules? Well, why don't you talk about your... I said, drinking. Well, you, you think it's wrong to drink? You got a problem with drinking? Then stop drinking. But I know a few other people here that don't have any problem with it. So we're going to rope off everything that anyone has a problem with? It's more complex than that. How many know where I'm going with this? It's messy. There's less rules. We're, we're revolving around the centerpiece. We're saying this, this is what we are trying to do. But everyone is on a unique journey. And this, in fact, out of that, we carved out this value. It says, we value, we respect, we honor each person's unique spiritual journey. We recognize not everyone's journey begins at the same point with the same experiences and beliefs. We believe that no two people's journeys were ever meant to look the same. 
So when you, when you write this value and you say, we are going to respect that every one of you is on a different journey. We don't know what your story is. We don't know what your battles are. We don't know where your strengths lie, where your passions and talents are. But we're asking you to think deeply about them and how they tie into this journey of making the world better. We challenge people, take water, figure out what your thing is that you can do to make this world better and pick it up and run with it. Whatever it is, just run with it. Chances are, though, what you'll be doing will be much different than the next person and the next person. We found that people really appreciated this approach. People that could get around this idea of someone having to tell them what to do, to believe. And rather them embarking on this journey of looking deeply into their lives and going, who am I? I'm not, I'm not one of those kind of people. I don't fit over here. This is who I am. And from that unique place, that unique and special identity that you have, you start carving out your path on this journey. And as a community, we come along and support and cheer and invite and belong and we learn from one another. I think this fits really well with, I'm going to paraphrase Brene Brown because no one can ever quite say it like she does, but her definition of fitting in versus belonging, she talks about fitting in being all about conformity, how we have to be the same, we have to check all the same boxes, we have to kind of fit the mold, whereas belonging is... Um, more about you being your authentic self, about you bringing who you truly are and then you being valued in the community for that. And I think that these centered sets and this way that we're talking about Friends Church actually do foster communities of true belonging where we're not all trying to be the same um, and we can bring our authentic selves and we can look different from each other and do different things from each other, but we have this core value, this center to gather around that creates belonging within our community. And that's what I've been looking for. I've been looking for a community where I can belong, where it wasn't prescriptive, where somebody wasn't going to tell me, here are the list of sins that you may not do, and if they don't work for you, you go find somewhere else that has a different list of sins that maybe work a little better for you, right? I wasn't looking for... um, you know, things that I could just go down the list and decide, yep, okay, this is who I get to be. I wanted a place, I do want a place where I can bring my authentic self and I can be valued for how I show up here. I want to be able to ask my questions and I want to have my questions valued and not in an effort to find the, the right answers because I think that a lot of the questions I'm asking and maybe you feel the same, they don't necessarily have answers. Um, there isn't a, you know, a concrete proof, a way that we can just decide, oh, here, I just ran into Jeff and we had this conversation and he solved that whole thing for me. Like, that hasn't happened yet, sorry. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I want somewhere that I can bring my questions, where I can have conversations about them and where someone can walk alongside me as I do that for myself. Um, I want you to hear my story and I want to hear your stories And I want a group of people who are all facing in the same direction. Sounds like that would be just the right place for these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And I really do think that Friends Church um, is a centered set community like this. 
I think, Jeff, you were going to talk about some muscles. <laughs> sorry. Right? Yeah, sorry. I wasn't, I wasn't following good. along. I was, you were going to uh, talk about some ways. Sorry, you were yeah, captivated. Yeah. That's all right. The, the thing about these center set communities, because I, I, I said earlier, I think most huge movements have started off as centered set communities. They start off with a vision, an idea of something that resonated with people, and people came around and got excited about it. But over time, people got threatened by others that didn't look the way they looked or were interpreting kind of the ground rules differently or were taking it in a direction they weren't comfortable with. And so then rules start getting built upon rules upon rules, and, and pretty soon it became an exclusive club what was once a centered set became a bounded set community. And I think there is a gravitational pull in every community moving toward bounded sets. And so there's muscles that if we want to keep it this place, in this place where people are allowed to be themselves, allowed to experience life and to explore and to express themselves in their own unique ways without judgment, without the need for conformity. A community has to kind of develop individually a set of muscles to facilitate that. I was thinking about three in particular. One was curiosity. You know, this is really just the desire to truly understand others and, and where they may be different very different from you and be open to that and learn from that not feel threatened by that some of our best friends are the most curious they come at us without kind of an expectation of us to live or be a certain way they just want to know us better and they celebrate us when we truly live out who we are it's curiosity Humility is another muscle that's needed in a community like this to give the centered set life. Where we acknowledge right away, just because we're saying, oh, we're this, we, we don't have the, the answer. We don't have the, the corner on the market in, in terms of the, the design here. Even our own perspectives and beliefs and takes on life, <laughs> they're not the right ones. They're just ours. And so we, practicing humility, recognize we're just one of many different expressions. And so you acknowledge the wisdom. You acknowledge the beauty in these other people that think and act and believe differently. And this goes even for people who are active in other church environments, more traditional church environments. French church isn't the right way. It's just another expression. But humility allows us to be able to learn and listen and validate other takes that are different than our own. The last one I'll mention is inclusion. This is a, this is a very important muscle too. You know, inclusion is the ability to look beyond our little comfort zones, our little mini tribes that develop within a community like this. Some of you have been a part of this community a long time. You know enough people that you can walk in and look across and see a number of different people. And really, it's like you look, it's easy to look past new people, people that are sitting on the peripheral, just 
dying to kind of find their way in. We get comfortable within our little mini tribes and we stop pulling up a chair at the table for another person. We stop just turning around and saying, hey, I don't think I've met you before. Hey, are you new around here? This inclusive, inviting, warm muscle doesn't mean you have to be best friends with all these new, it just means you're a smile. I met someone the other day, they came in. I hadn't seen them for a long time. We were just chatting. And someone walked past and they caught eyes with them. And they went, hi. And I went, I didn't know you know that person. And this person looked at me and said, that person, I, when I walked into this church 12 years ago or whatever it was, he was the first one that came up with a smiling face and said, hey, I haven't met you before. He says, I never forgot it because it just settled me. Inclusion, humility, curiosity. These are the muscles that build a beautiful centered set community of belonging that we want around here. I think this sounds like great news, right? Like this excites me. This is a, a kind of community that I want to belong to. I love knowing that I don't have to be squeezed into something that I'm not and that the people I love can be themselves and that our belonging is not threatened. I can be who I am and I don't have to conform. I don't really do that very well and I can belong here. And if you've been wondering if this is the kind of community that you can belong in, I hope this gives you the space and the freedom to be you and to be here. This isn't the only place that you're going to find a centered set community. Along the lines of that muscle of humility that we need to exercise, we also recognize that we're not going to be the right fit for all of you. Um, we're never going to ask you to leave if you don't resonate with our core values. We're not going to kick you out. But our center is not going to change. This thing that we gather around of making our world a, lot, a better place, um, we don't care about a lot of things. We don't care about age or race or sexual orientation or faith or any number of things that you could throw into that list. Um, but we do care a lot about our impact on our world. And if that's not a direction you're facing, if you're just not there, that's not the way you're wired, then that's okay. If this isn't the place for you, we want to help you find somewhere where you can belong. Because chances are, if it doesn't fit, you're going to get really annoyed by how much we talk about it. Because we're not going to change that, right? It's at the core of who Friends Church is. But we think it's important that everybody find a place that they can belong. <laughs> yeah. yeah, our hope is that we could all find home. And um, for those of you that have found home at Friends Church, we're grateful. We're grateful for the way that you have taken on carrying pails of water to your world in your own ways, the way that you've embraced each other as diverse, rowdy, dysfunctional families we are. Love it. But like Emily said, if it doesn't fit, there is zero shame in that. But we'll help you find someplace that will, all right? Thank you, Emily, for joining me this morning and talking about this important subject. Wasn't that isn't this good stuff? I think, you know, this is a reminder as we're coming back from the pandemic, 
Some of us have felt really out of sorts, like we're searching more than ever. I can feel it in people. They want to find home. They feel like they've been exiled, living in isolated lives, and it's time to come home, finding home. So anyways, this fall, we're celebrating a coming back of many sorts. It's going to be good. Look at in two weeks, we begin a series called In Search of a Meaningful Life. And, uh, you know, meaning is one of those weird things. I think a lot of people have come through this last few years and finding meaning in all the little things that we've been doing has been tricky. Or maybe it's been thrown up in question. And we want to revisit some things about the spiritual journey that can restore and give beautiful meaning to our lives. And um, yeah, so I'm excited about this series. I think it's a five-weeker. And uh, oh man, some of the topics are fantastic. So we'll talk more about that next week as well. But in two weeks, that thing launches. A lot of our band members, and I mean, it's been amazing throughout the summer, the great music that we've enjoyed, these different musicians that have been chipping in, whatever. But many of our band members are coming back. The big music is on the return. It's, it's going to be great. Community lunches. September 18th, community groups. Just want to encourage you to to find home this fall. All right? Have a great week, everyone. We will see you back here next Sunday.